And as the Christmas season is now here, we've, you know, and, and as when it starts to see the, the Christmas season, we see angels show up everywhere. They're on top of our Christmas trees. They're on Christmas cards, pictures. We sing about them in some of our favorite Christmas songs. And that's because angels are beings that were created, that are created by God. They were, they're created by God to share his messages, to enthusiastically do his will and encourage believers and fight spiritual battles on our behalf. God used angels to proclaim that good news, the news of Christ's birth. The angel proclaimed it to Mary and to Joseph and to the shepherds in the hills of Bethlehem. The angel Gabriel appeared first to the virgin named Mary. He told her, Mary, you have been chosen to be the mother of Jesus. In other words, she would give birth to the Son of God. The angel said in Luke 1, verse 30 and 31, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth the Son, and shall call his name Jesus, meaning the Lord saves, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, Mary had every reason that she could think of to be afraid. Because, you see, she wasn't married. But she was engaged to be married to Joseph. That's what they would call betrothed. And it was, it was just like being married because in order for her to, to separate, she would have to get a, a, a bill of divorcement. To be pregnant and not married would have been disgraceful. It would have been immoral and worthy of death in those days. Mary asked the angel, how could this happen? I'm a virgin. I, I, I have not known a man intimately. The angel replied to her in Luke 1, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, Mary, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. So the angel assured her of God's love. He assured her of his good plans for her. And Mary acknowledged this, and she was thankful for the blessing of being the mother of Jesus, the Son of God. She even sang a song of praise in Luke 1, 46-49. She said, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One is holy, and he has done great things for me. No doubt, her whole family, her friends, believed her story. And thankfully, Joseph finally did. Because an angel came to Joseph and reassured Joseph of how all of this has happened. And even through all of the challenges and all the difficult situations that she would have faced from that moment on, she held on to the promises of God. God also assures us in the challenges and the difficult situations in our life, that he's always working to bring good out of all that happens in our lives. Let that sink in. Because I know that a lot of us may not be going through what we would consider good things. You know, in, in the realm of our natural mind. But she held on to the promises of God and that's what we have to do too. Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called, the called according to his purpose. Now, that's not just something cool to say to somebody when they're having problems. It's 
not just positive thinking or just a, something to uplift somebody. It is a fact. Whatever is going on in that time in Mary's life, in our life tonight, all things are working together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. One of the greatest comforts and during difficult times, is to realize that the many and different experiences of life, they don't happen by chance. They're not random acts of God. It's not something that, that got away from God and slipped through His fingers. They're controlled by the hand of a loving Father for our good, our benefit, and our blessing. Though we may say, how in the world will this bless me? How in the world will this benefit me? How in the world is this good for me? The divine providence works for a special people to bring a valuable and a profitable end to every experience. And as we know, life is full of stress, anxiety, worries, and struggles. But God says, I've got this. The promise of God's control of all the experiences of one's life is not to everyone. They're limited to a certain group of people, according to Romans 8.28. And a lot of people, people casually quote this verse as though it applies to everyone when it doesn't apply to everyone. There are two important conditions for this blessing. Paul said, for those who love God. And that will exclude a lot of society, especially in the day that we live, where there's so little evidence of, of love for God. Second, he said, it's to those who are called according to his purpose. That means it's for those who are led by the Lord God. This means it's for those who are doing God's will and fulfilling the purpose in life to which God has called them. If you're disobedient to God's calling, that is his will for your life, the promises of this verse is not for you. God said, I will never leave you or forsake you about giving you my love. And while his love is for everyone, God waits for us to ask him. He waits for us to help us in our troubles. He will never step in and overtake your life. This is how God showed his love among us. In 1 John 4, 9 and 16, it says that God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world. And that was that first Christmas morning. So that we might have eternal life through him. We know how much God loves us and we have put our, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love. And all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. So when the time for Mary to give birth to Jesus, she had to travel to Bethlehem. That wasn't an easy trip. This was about 97 miles. And it was a real nightmare of a journey for the couple, uh, for, for Joseph and Mary at this time. And, and, and it was on roads that weren't paved like ma many other good parts of, of, of the Roman Empire. And when the only way of transportation for them was by a donkey or a camel, 
Keeping in mind, Mary was almost nine months pregnant. And to make things even worse or more difficult, there was a census going on in Bethlehem, which meant the town would be very busy and there wouldn't be any rooms available for Mary and Joseph. So she gives birth in what was probably a stable or barn. She laid Jesus down in a manger, which was an animal's, uh, animal feeding trough. So it wasn't a very majestic welcome, welcome to this earth. It wasn't a palace for Jesus, the Son of God. And instead, on the night he was born, he was sleeping in an uncomfortable place, probably surrounded by animals and the smell of animals and not having a royal entourage. And as he grew, Jesus experienced persecution, loneliness, grief, hunger, anger, and more. Hebrews 4, 4 through, uh, 14 through 16 says, Jesus understands our weaknesses because he faced all of the same testings that we do, yet he did not sin. So whatever we're going through tonight, Jesus understands. It says he understands our weaknesses, you know, our emotions, our feelings, because he faced all of those same things when he was here on earth during his ministry. And yet he didn't sin. He didn't, he didn't cave into them. Jesus came into the world to experience life as a human so he could help us because he understands. He came to live among people and to understand their struggles. Emmanuel is another name for Jesus and it means God with us. Jesus Christ is God. We see that in his name, Emmanuel, God with us. His birth, his life is a message of good news for us because it means we're never alone, God with us. It doesn't matter how hard or hopeless life gets or how hard or hopeless our situation may seem to be, God is there for us. Jesus himself said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In Hebrews, the writer said, so we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. We don't have to go through our challenges and our struggles alone. He understands them. He walks along with us through them, not under, over, or around them. He says, we're going through this together. It, it is this message that gives us comfort and great joy to celebrate Christmas. In Luke 2, verse 10, as the angels said to the shepherds on the hills of Bethlehem the night Jesus was born, they said, don't be afraid. He said to the shepherds, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Notice, great joy. What was the good news? Well, it wasn't that God was sending a warrior because we needed a good military leader. He didn't send a judge or a reform. He didn't send a scientist or economist. He sent a savior because that's man's greatest need. Sin. One who could take away sin. It was a message of peace, that good news. It was a message of peace to the world that had known a lot of war. Uh, what's going on in our country now? You know, in the Middle East, Ukraine, wherever you look, but the absence of war does not guarantee the presence of peace in the heart and the mind. 
The Stoic philosopher Epictetus said, While the emperor may give peace from war on land and sea, he is unable to give peace from passion, grief, and envy. He cannot give peace of heart for which man yearns more than even for outward peace. The angel said, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. It's probably one of the most well-known verses about Jesus, about Christmas, because it's such an encouraging message. It's one of joy. Like I said, not just joy, it said great joy, because Jesus comforts and he encourages us. You know, the definition of happy is, is good luck, fate, happening chance happiness is based on your environment your circumstances as long as things are going well hey i'm happy as can be but you see if happiness depends on our circumstances what happens when the toys break and i'm talking about you know the things that we like not necessarily you know exactly toys but the things that we like the things that we we live for and we go after and we buy what happens when those possessions are gone? What happens when a loved one passes away or our health deteriorates or our money is gone? You see, usually happiness walks right out the door when those things happen, those things happen and sadness and depression walk right in and take its place. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 6, 19 through 21, he says, don't store up your treasures here on earth where moths can eat them and rust can destroy them. And where thieves can break in and steal them. He says, store your treasures in heaven where moths can't eat them, where rust cannot destroy them, and thieves can't break in and steal them. He said, wherever your, heart, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be. The difference between happiness and joy is that joy is deeper and stronger. Joy is the quiet, confident assurance of God's love and his work in our lives, that he'll be there no matter what happens. Happiness depends on our happenings, but joy depends upon Jesus. That's the Christmas message. Paul dedicated his whole life to serving Jesus. But in his service, he faced a lot of poverty, great poverty, as well as great wealth and everything in between. He wrote the joyful letter to the Philippians from prison, in chains. You see, whatever the circumstances Paul experienced, he had learned to be content. Finding real joy as he focused all of his attention and energy on knowing Jesus and obeying Jesus. We need to do like Paul. We need to make Paul's goal our goal, and that is to pursue, pursue Jesus more and more every day to rejoice with Paul and to dedicate ourselves to finding joy in Christ in Christmas. We live in, a, like I said, in a pretty sad world today, a fallen world, a world that knows a lot about misery, depression, disappointment, unhappiness, and a desire for real happiness that's not often found because people are often looking in all the wrong places. And there are times when we have those moments of pleasure and satisfaction through the usual pain and sorrow of life. But many people have very little hope that their situation in life ever will ever change much, if anything, for the better. And the older we get, the darker the outlook. Many years of life often become long years of regret and sorrow and unfulfillment. 
We experience the loss of loved ones and friends, often, again, physical limitations and pain. And as those times of happiness become less and less, they tend to create a gloomy sadness and a lessening satisfaction with life. And a lot of people define happiness as an attitude of satisfaction or enjoyment based on positive thinking or positive circumstances that they're not under our control. We can't control those things. So happiness, we, we can't plan happiness into our lives. It can't be guaranteed. It's experienced only if and when circumstances are favorable. So that makes happiness hard to pin down and it's uncertain. But the good news is the spiritual joy, on the other hand, is not an attitude that's dependent on chance or circumstances. It is the deep and unwavering confidence that no matter what your circumstances are in life, all is well between the Christian, the believer, and the Lord. No matter what difficulty, what pain, what disappointment or failure or rejection or other challenges you're facing, real joy remains because of that eternal happiness established by God's grace in salvation through His Son. So Scripture makes it very clear that the fullest, most lasting and satisfying joy is the result of a true and intimate relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. The psalmist said, In your presence, God's presence is the fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's where the joy is, in His presence. Joy is not based on circumstances or chance, but it's the merciful and permanent possession of every child of God. You see, Christmas is a message of hope. When Jesus Christ was born in that manger, that that was a message of hope. He is a message of hope. Because we're never alone. God is always with with us, Emmanuel, and it's available to everyone who wants it. Everyone. The Christmas message is filled with the message of hope that is found in Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. And yet for many, this time of year, you know, seems to only magnify the hopelessness and despair that they may feel inside. And whether this hopelessness comes from a loss of a loved one or or a materialistic view of Christmas, the Bible tells the truth about this matter. Here are five things that the Bible says about hope. First of all, hope is never lost. Hope is never lost. It says we were saved with this hope in mind. If we hope for something we already see, it's not really hope. Who hopes for what he can see? Romans 8, 24. Sometimes it's hard to see hope in a situation because all you can see is the situation. But the Bible says the true hope is unseen. And if we can be hopeful for one one thing, such as our salvation, which is also unseen, then we can be hopeful for other things too. Second thing about hope is, is we can be confident in hope. Hebrews 1.11 says, Faith is the confidence of that what we, hope for, or what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. You see, faith is, is, is unseen reality. We have now understood that hope is unseen. But if it's unseen, can we trust it? After all, we can trust the, you know, we can trust the, the chairs that we're sitting in tonight. We can trust the the, the glass that we pour our water into because we can see it. 
In the same way, there are things that we can trust without seeing. This might be a poor example. We can trust that our insurance company will cover a certain amount of losses. That's what they're supposed to do anyway. Or putting you know, an air freshener in a room, it's going to leave a nice fragrance in the room. We're confident in those things because they're legal and natural laws. And in the same way, even though we can't see hope, we can be full of hope. Hope assures us that we can be confident in it because it's the law of God. The third thing about hope is that hope comes from God. The Bible says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 15, 13. Sometimes we hope in things in which there is no hope. A nice house can't bring true hope. It can bring a feeling of of contentment and excitement, but not real hope. Being set financially can't bring true hope. It can bring security and a certain amount of comfort, but not true hope. A spouse can't bring true hope because their abilities are limited to what he or she can control. True hope comes from the one who created hope, God. True hope comes by trusting God even when circumstances are difficult. And one way to know whether or not we're trusting in God is whether we are obeying His word. Trust produces obedience. And obedience produces hope, which results in joy and peace. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit. The fourth thing about hope is hope is a gift. Romans 5, 5 says, And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. A wonderful gift, a wonderful result of hope is delivered by the Holy Spirit of God. He gives us the power to hope, and that's a demonstration of God's love for us. Hope given by Him works together to give us confidence, joy, peace, power, and love. And that is a real gift, a true gift. And the fifth thing about hope is hope endures. Solomon said in Proverbs 23, 18, you will be rewarded for this. Your hope will not be disappointed because it's based in God. Hoping in God will never lead us into despair because He has a plan for all of us who look to Him. He has a future that is full of hope. We see that with Abraham. Paul said in Romans 4, 18 and 20, he said, there was no hope that Abraham would have children. But Abraham believed God and continued to hope. And that is why he became the father of many nations. As God told him, you will have many descendants. Abraham never doubted that God would do what he promised. He never stopped believing. The psalmist said, for my hope is in him. You know, where where there is no expectation, there's no hope. So celebrating the birth of Christ is more than a Christian holiday or just some special event that we celebrate every year. It's more than a chance to decorate our houses. It's a chance to take a break and to give thanks for the love and the hope and the joy that's found in Jesus Christ, our Savior and our friend. You know, and as we exchange gifts with loved ones, 
It's out of remembrance of the gift that God gave us in Jesus Christ. Paul said it was an indescribable gift. No words could explain it. No words could describe it. The gift that we are loved. The gift that we're never alone. The gift that we can have hope for the future. And after Jesus was born, there was a small group of wise men that came looking for him. They found him in a manger. They recognized the power and the authority of this little child. And they worshipped him. Matthew 2.11, it says, They entered the house and they saw the child with his mother Mary. And they bowed down and they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You can also give him your worship and thanks through your prayers this Christmas. Prayer of thanksgiving for the gift of hope, love, and joy. So in closing, you know, your Christmas this year, it may not have turned out the way you planned or envisioned it. And I'm telling you from experience, from Kathy and I right now, that's what has happened for us this Christmas. You know, and so, you know, my daughter last week, last Thursday, went into the hospital. And she was experiencing some real difficulties. You know, heart problems caused by the flu. And, and she had MRSA, which is a staph infection that is resistant to most to a lot of antibiotics. Um, dehydrated, her heart rate was up and down, and it was just the, the blood pressure up and down. And they, you know, from hour to hour, we didn't know what the outcome was going to be. And they had talked about giving her a pacemaker that night. But three days later, you know, she comes out of the hospital. She's staying with us because her husband and daughter, Emery and Albert, they got COVID, so she couldn't go home. So she's staying with us. Two days later, Kathy gets COVID. She has to go back to the house. And so we're just saying, Lord, you know, and, uh, you know, we, we didn't do the normal things that we did at Christmas because the family was, you know, Natalie was in the hospital. The kids were sick, and, and we were, you know, taking care of them. And then Kathy got COVID, so Natalie had to go back to her house and so we've just been praying and asking the Lord to you know to make them healthy and, and just have the, her, his hand upon them and we're getting in the car ready to leave tonight and Natalie comes down with COVID and so does our grandson Caleb so it, all in this week and so our you know our Christmas did not turn out the way we envisioned it or planned it and and, and I'm sure that's happened for a lot of others but again, you know, and, and this study took place before any of this happened. It was like God preparing me and Kathy. You know, just about, you know, I, I, hey, I, I got this. I got this. You know, it's hard for us to not get involved. And it's hard for us to let go. But God says, hey, you know, just like when... Moses was being ready to be released into the river by his mother. Can you imagine that struggle? Letting go. Letting that baby go into the Nile River where there were crocodiles and all kinds of things that could, that you know, Moses could have drowned. He could have been eaten by, she didn't know. But you see, if she would have never let go, God could have never stepped in and blessed her. That's where the trusting part comes in. Not saying it's easy, but it's something that God's word teaches us to do. The true meaning of Christmas 
doesn't depend on how many gifts we get or give, what we're having for Christmas dinner. The message of Christmas doesn't change whether you're surrounded by family or missing loved ones for the first time or you're on your own. The message of Christmas is not affected by the house you live in or you don't live in. God's love is forevermore. And you're not alone and you are loved and you can feel hopeful and joyful because that's the true meaning of Christmas. I love what Solomon said in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verses 7 through 10. And I'll finish with this. He said, so go and eat your food now and enjoy it. Drink your wine and be happy. It's all right with God if you do these things. He said, wear nice clothes and make yourself look good. And what he was saying there, he said, make, he's saying, make every occasion special. In the Bible, it says, wear white garments, which was a sign of making the event special. He said, enjoy life with your wife that you love. He said, enjoy every day of your short life. God has given you this short life on earth, and it's all that you have. So he said, enjoy the work that you have to do in this life. Every time you find work to do, do it the best you can. Solomon was saying, enjoy your meals, enjoy every occasion, enjoy your marriage, and enjoy your work. That's what it's all about, in Christ. And so may that be what we focus on. Because again, you know, like for Kathy and I, it, yeah, we'll be by ourselves tomorrow because the kids are sick, and you know, that's, they, they have to stay where they are. And we... First time in, in years that, you know, that's ever happened. But, hey, it happens. And I'm sure it's happening to a lot of others tonight. Here, outside, all over the world. That's the wonderful message of Christmas is Christ is with us. We have a wonderful hope. We have his love. And he'll never leave us. He's with us in the midst of all that goes on. All things working together for good. For those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Father, thank you so much.